Cade Mila Falta. Welcome to the Letter from Ireland show, where we travel in the footsteps of your Irish ancestors, visiting their homelands and telling their stories as they put down roots in so many places around the world. Thanks for listening to the show. To support the podcast and letter, get lots of member-only features and follow Mike and Karina behind the scenes, go to aletterfromireland.com forward slash plus. That's aletterfromireland.com forward slash plus. Now, let's get on with the show. Hello, this is Mike Collins and you're very welcome to the Letter from Ireland show. Now, today's show is called... Let's look through this window into a Celtic world. You know, if you're a regular listener to this show, that we delve into all manners Irish, going back typically maybe 100, 200, 300, 400 years ago. So normally we tend to stay within the realms of written history. However, today we're going to do something different. We're going to go back into our Celtic past. We're going to go all the way back before written history and chat around some stories of that particular time. We're going to look in one letter at the origins of the Irish. And of course, you know, we are talking prehistory here. So we are talking about myth and legend. But we're going to unpick it just a little bit with that first letter called the origins of the Irish. In the second letter, we're going to go back even further and we're going to look at the history of the Celtic people on the continent of Europe. And we're going to look a little bit about the position of the Irish language as being one way and actually a very exclusive way that has given us an insight into the habits and the everyday customs of these particular people and how they link into the Irish and Celtic peoples of today. So I think you're going to enjoy those two letters and I think appropriately along the way as well we're going to feature some Irish music. We're going to feature two songs sung by Enya in Irish and the first song however is called one called Quina Cucol and in fact it's a piece of music played by Davy Spillane. Now Quina Cucolin You will, as we go through today's episode, hear lots of references to Irish myths and heroes and sagas and so on. And Cú Cullen was one of the heroes of those ancient Irish myths. He was a man called Setanta and probably goes back sometime to maybe two centuries ago or thereabouts. And uh, he was originally called Setanta, as I mentioned, and he was out one day visiting a smithy and he was frightened by the smithy who's called Cullen by his dog and he killed the dog by accident, an Irish wolfhound. So he was so remorseful at the time, he decided to become the hound of Cullen himself. And so the Irish word coo mixed with Cullen, the hound of Cullen, he became coo Cullen. So here we have our first piece of music is called The Lament of Coo Cullen or Quina Coo Cullen.
We're looking forward to heading off to visit friends in Spain. Nothing like a good dose of sunshine at this time of the year, is there? We always enjoy heading to that part of the world, as we've noticed a lot of common ground between the people of Spain, especially to the north of Spain, and the people of Ireland. In fact, many of our readers have reported a splash of Iberian Peninsula in their DNA results. How about yourself? Maybe you have a genetic or maybe you have a relational tie to Spain. I thought it would be a good idea to share the following letter with you, addressing the question, where did the Irish come from? That very question has occupied our Irish genealogists and historians for many centuries. Some theories to this conundrum, where did the Irish come from, have appeared in famous books that were published many centuries ago. Today, we'll open the cover of one of those books that gives us some clues as to where we Irish came from. In our special membership site called The Green Room, members often share the results of their DNA tests with each other. And I hear things like, I'm 48% Ireland, 34% UK, 12% Scandinavian, and 6% Iberian. Now, I don't know where the Iberian came from. Have you ever had your DNA tested for ancestry? Did it tell you anything useful? And maybe you too were presented with an Iberian connection. Doesn't it seem to be a core part of our nature to constantly wonder where we came from? What was it that brought our family and kin to our present homeland? Indeed, many of the readers on the letter from Ireland and also listeners to the podcast have spent years working on the answers to just that question. Most societies have creation myths, a story that links a mythical prehistory with the facts and places of the present. You remember I mentioned that there was one famous book that provided some answers. Well, for centuries, the Irish looked to one particular book that captured the story of their origins. This book was called On Laur Gavola na Heron. Laur is the Irish for book. On Laur Gavola na Heron, more commonly known in English as the Book of Invasions. Now let me tell you some more about this unusual book, the Book of Invasions. Since it was compiled in the late 11th century by an anonymous author, the Book of Invasions has proved a popular and influential document all the way up to the 1600s and beyond. This book told of ancient Celtic myths and poems, assembling them in a single narrative that linked all the way back to the time of the Old Testament. The book recounted how Ireland was subject to a number of successive conquests, with each invading people replacing the previous inhabitants. So they were the Fir Bullog, then the Tuatheidanann, and then the Miletians or Gaels. The myths, stories, histories contained in the book came across coherently, and I still hear parts of this book quoted, often unknowingly, in correspondence from our readers and listeners. Now, according to the Book of Invasions on Laur Gavala Naheran, the present Gaelic inhabitants of Ireland are descended from the Miletians of the north of Spain, 
who arrived in Ireland more than two and a half thousand years ago. In that part of Spain, a king called Brogon built a tower along with his sons Mil and Ith. On finishing the tower, they stood at the top and they looked in all directions, eventually spotting an unknown island to the north. They decided to travel to this new land, which became, you guessed it, the island of Ireland. And after several adventures and misadventures, they overcame the Tua de Danann. It's said then that the Tua de Danann went underground to become the fairies that we know today. And the Miletians, named after Mill, who you remember was son of Brogon, became the Celtic lords of this newly conquered land. And so the Celtic people arrived in Ireland for the first time. Now, where does myth connect with reality? Well, a few years back, we travelled to the city of Acoruña in northern Spain and went and stood at the top of that very same tower named in the Book of Invasions. It's now called the Tower of Hercules and was a Roman lighthouse built about 100 AD. We gazed to the north on a bright clear day and imagined, just like King Brogon, we could see a mysterious island shimmering off in the far horizon. It felt like a glimpse into both our past and present, where the real and the imagined combined to give us a powerful insight into what triggered one of the strongest Irish creation myths. Moving on, 1500 years later, At that same tower, after it was built, an Irish chieftain called Red Hugh O'Donnell arrived in this part of Spain to begin his exile following his losses at the Battle of Kinsale in 1601. One of the first things that Red Hugh did on arrival was to go and climb that Tower of Hercules to see if he could catch a glimpse of his own home of Ireland, standing in the very same place where he believed that the Miletians had viewed Ireland for the first time. Unfortunately, Hugh never did return to Ireland and he died shortly afterwards in Spain. The Book of Invasions on Lar Gavola na Éireann contained many stories, a blend of fact and myth, that our ancestors passed down from generation to generation. Maybe you've heard fragments of some of these stories taken from the book passed down within your own family. So we look forward to heading back to Spain in the near future, imagining that we are returning to the ancient land of our forefathers, and you'd never know where our imagination might take us after that. Oh,
Well, isn't Enya a very appropriate performer for our Celtic episode today? And there she was with Jora R. Mohri, where Cree is my heart and Jora is tears, so tears on my heart. And you may also be familiar with the phrase McCree, as in, for example, Kathleen McCree, because it works its way into the actual modern English that a lot of Irish use, or at least did use at one stage. And McCree, as well as my heart, often means my loved one. So there you are. There's a little bit of uh, extra knowledge thrown in there as well. So now we're going to delve back even a little bit further and we're going to look at the origins of the Celtic people or what's believed to be the origins on the mainland of Europe and the view that's offered into their past through old Irish texts and the Irish language, an Irish language that is still with us today. So now over to Karina with the letter titled Look Through This Window Into a Celtic World. What do you think of? When you hear the word Celt or Celtic, maybe you picture druids with flowing robes in a misty setting and a stone circle, or maybe you think of the collective peoples of Ireland, Scotland and Wales. Surprisingly, little is known for sure about the roots and origins of the Celts, as they were a prehistoric people who didn't believe in writing things down for posterity. But let's chat today about the link between your Irish ancestors and those ancient Celtic peoples. The place where the Celts originated. I was watching a documentary the other night that discussed the origins of the Celts and their links to modern cultures such as the Irish nation. This got me thinking of something that might surprise you. The unique place of Irish literature as a window into the ancient Celtic world. The documentary suggested through archaeological evidence that the Celts had first appeared in Europe as salt miners and traders around the Austrian village of Hallstatt about 800 BC. Their many coins and tools and brooches and burial rituals were uncovered that came to be associated with the Celts. The Celts were contemporaries of the ancient Greeks, who, by the way, viewed them as barbarians. This may have been partly because the Celts chose not to record any of their stories or sagas in writing, but instead to rely on their priests and bards to remember and recall their stories at will. Over time, these Celtic peoples expanded across the European continent and onto the islands of Britain and, finally, Ireland. While some of the words they used survive in the form of various European place names, there's almost no written record of their stories, sagas and more. I did say almost no written record. Listen up. You see, the modern Irish language evolved over time from the language that these Celts of the European continent would have used on a daily basis. When you say an Irish surname such as O'Connor or McCarthy, or you mention a place name such as Ballygown or Tipperary, you are in fact pronouncing this old Irish language. However, it just happens to be using an English phonetic translation nowadays. The first written records of the Irish language were not in the Roman alphabet that we use today, but in ohm carvings 
They are those lines that you find on rocks and memorials across the island of Ireland. These ohm carvings in the Irish language date back to at least the 4th century. About the mid-5th century, Latin and the Roman alphabet came into use in Ireland. The scholars of the time, who were mostly monks, used this Latin language to record and annotate religious works. However, as they wrote or read in Latin, they often added further explanatory notes using Old Irish in the margins of their manuscripts. So the earliest records of the written Irish language are found in the monasteries of continental Europe, where many Irish monks fled and lived and studied during what we call the Dark Ages. These records survived in Europe because those on the island of Ireland had to survive later conquests from the Vikings, Norman, Cromwellian ravages, and as a result, many of the records didn't survive to the present day here. However, in our letter today, we are more interested in some later non-religious texts and the glimpse that they give us into an ancient Celtic world. A unique insight into an ancient Celtic world. Besides the earlier religious volumes, other Irish language books recall the sagas of the old Irish heroes and champions. They tell the stories of raids, courtships, battles, deaths, sieges, elopements, expeditions and much more. They were captured in books like the one from the 12th century called the Book of Leinster. This Book of Leinster is based on the old oral Irish and Celtic stories that were passed down from bardic master to apprentice through the centuries. As a result, Ireland has a literary history that is continuous from the prehistoric centuries all the way to the present. Now, this is quite unique among most of the countries and peoples of Europe. It also means that our existing literature in the Irish language provides the only insight through the words captured within those sagas back into the ancient civilization of the Celtic peoples who roamed across the continent of Europe from at least 800 BC. While the stories may lack specific facts and dates, they can help us to convey the beliefs and values, hierarchies, manners and customs and societal roles of the greater Celtic people, a group that were written off as barbarians to be feared by the Romans and Greeks of the day. When I think of the Irish language today, I prefer to overlook the difficulties presented to our genealogists and family history researchers who are trying to make sense of Irish place names or surnames on those civil and church records. Instead, I prefer to admire Irish, a rich language that has served us continuously for thousands of years and which offers a unique insight into the lives of our shared Celtic ancestors. It seems appropriate that we finish with an old Irish proverb at this point. Erska Achela Avaramid, which means we live in the shelter of each other. Erska Achela Avaramid. Never a truer word was said. Oh,
Ebu Day there, performed by Enya, the second of Enya's tracks we use in today's episodes. So do hope you enjoy that. In fact, Ebu Day, Enya commented, was actually an old word for the Hebrides Island off the northwest coast of Scotland there. And uh, she sings both in modern Irish and modern Scots Gaelic and interweaves the two through the song. And in fact, both of those are dialects of the old Irish that we've been referring to all through the previous letter. So that's it for this week's show. Do hope you enjoyed it very much, as much as we enjoyed putting it together, both Corinne and myself. And as always, if you have a few moments, do take that moment to leave a review. We'd really appreciate it if you put a couple of words down even inside an Apple Podcasts or if you're on a forum or whatever. So it all actually helps to bring the show to the attention of even more listeners. But thank you so much for spending the time listening to our show today. And we do look forward to having your company again in the next episode. So slán for now. If you've enjoyed today's Letter from Ireland show, we'd like to invite you to check out our special membership area, The Green Room. You hear us mention it a lot during the show. And you can find full details of The Green Room at letterfromireland.com forward slash green room. Our green room is the essential resource for anybody at any stage in researching their Irish heritage because it's where we delve into all the good stuff to help you break down those brick walls and really connect the pieces in your Irish ancestry puzzle. In the green room, you get access to online genealogists, extensive research tools, quick win training, as well as member-only access to johngrenham.com and a very supportive, active community to help you along the way with feedback and advice. The green room is the perfect place to be for anybody starting or continuing their Irish ancestry search. So why don't you come and join us there at a letterfromireland.com forward slash green room. That's it for me, but I'll be back next time with another installment of the Letter from Ireland show. And I really look forward to chatting to you then. Slán gafól, Karina. <laughs>